On my orders, the United States military has begun strikes against Al-Qaeda terrorist training camps and military installations of the Taliban regime in Afghanistan. More than two weeks ago, I gave Taliban leaders a series of clear and specific demands. Close terrorist training camps, hand over leaders of the Al-Qaeda network, and return all foreign nationals, including American citizens, unjustly detained in your country. None of these demands were met. And now, the Taliban will pay a price. This is Media at Risk, a podcast from the Center for Media at Risk at the Annenberg School for Communication at the University of Pennsylvania. My name is Richard Stupart, and I'm a postdoctoral fellow at the school. On the 7th of October 2001, almost 20 years ago, the United States began a war in Afghanistan in response to the 9-11 attacks. It was a war that would last so long that in 2018, the first children of 9-11's America became old enough to fight in that war. The US invasion rapidly unseated the country's Taliban government with profound effects for journalists and media workers, for which the public sphere suddenly opened up. Najiba Ayubi is presently a director at the Khalid Group, which operates local radio stations across Afghanistan. She's received several awards for her media freedom work, including being named as one of Reporters Without Borders' Information Heroes and receiving the Courage in Journalism Award from the International Women's Media Foundation. This is her reflecting on what changed. It was an excited time for Afghan people because a lot of pressure from Taliban was on the personal freedom of the people. We had no right to go to school, especially women. No work for women. No work for journal, no free media, no work for journalists, uh, no freedom, personal freedom, nothing, uh, no music, no TV, no no photograph. Like yeah, like you think you are living one thousand year back, like this. When Taliban went, uh, it was a very excited time for Afghan people, and some people was dancing on the streets. Then when the government uh, uh, announced the, the freedom of expression and uh, a lot of freedom come uh, on on the country, a lot of media started work uh, slowly, but a lot. Abdul Najib Kalbatyar is presently the managing director of NAI, one of Afghanistan's largest and most active media development agencies. Now a journalist with 23 years of experience, he was a much greener reporter in Kabul at the time that everything changed. This is his account of naively running into trouble with U.S. military contractors during one of his early assignments. I do remember when I was a journalist here, uh, there was a national program called National Solidarity Program, which was funded by World Bank. And there was an office nearby our central bank, and everyone was saying it is World Bank. So I was covering the National Solidarity Program and I was tasked to go and uh, interview World Bank, uh, Afghanistan country director regarding the National Solidarity Program. And I went that place where I was uh, lesson, I was learned that to be the World Bank. I entered to the premises and it was uh, Dine Court, <laughs> just nearby our bank. So I was the first journalist faced with violence. And it was not because uh, the uh, all the problem uh, was of that dying core people. It was my problem too that without any research, I went and entered to a 
military organization. So we started this way. It was hard. It was new. With military forces in the U.S. coalition pushing Taliban out of many of the country's major cities and districts, a free media flourished in many parts of Afghanistan, assisted along the way with several international partners who saw a natural alliance with the country's media creators. In a country which we experienced 40, more than 40 years war, and now we reached, we and our international partners reached to some conclusion that we need peace and we have to do peace. Media of Afghanistan is an agent of peace, each corner of Afghanistan. If you want to broadcast your peace message, you have to use Afghan media because Afghan people uh, doesn't know English or Russian or some other languages, no? Uh, without international community, especially very honestly, United States, uh, it was not possible to have the success story of media. It was hard for us, but uh, we tried our best. Uh, of course, we tackled the problems and issues, but the path was paved by, by international community through their support. Over the two decades that the U.S. fought in the country, its troop presence would frequently be adjusted up and down as the political winds in Washington changed. In early 2021, however, major U.S. involvement finally came to an end. I'm now the fourth United States president to preside over American troop presence in Afghanistan. Two Republicans, two Democrats. I will not pass this responsibility onto a fifth. After consulting closely with our allies and partners, with our military leaders and intelligence personnel, with our diplomats and our development experts, with the Congress and the Vice President, as well as with Mr. Ghani and many others around the world, I've concluded that it's time to end America's longest war. It's time for American troops to come home. For the media in Afghanistan, Biden's announcement was an unhappy, if not unexpected, addition to an already fraught situation for journalists, one which posed real threats to building an open public sphere. We have to first talk about the trades, which was increased with the Afghan journalists. Even before of that, from one year back up to now, we lost 16 people, 16 men and women journalists and a lot of other trades to the, to the others. A number of journalists leave Afghanistan because of trades. A number of women journalists leave their job because of security issues. And these all things we, we face, and we was very happy that there is some support from internationals. We are living in a city that a lot of internationals are here and this and that. Finally, we hear that they are leaving and their job is not complete yet. In 2004, 2005, I went to Herat. I, had, I traveled to Herat like this, with this dress. I sat in the airplane, went to Herat. I sat in the car and I went to Khost province, which is 300 kilometers. But now, I can't walk in my city. I can't walk 
to a shop in the my, in my city. In 2020, I'm a 21. I'm using armed car, which I hate that because it is a wall between between me and my people, and I I doesn't like it. But I have to do this, otherwise they will kill me in two days. In the months since the withdrawal announcement, Taliban forces have gained an alarming amount of ground, captured coalition military assets, and accepted scores of defections from the Afghan National Army. Their rapid battlefield progress has sparked concerns that the US withdrawal may come to resemble the country's disastrous departure from Saigon at the end of the Vietnam War. For Najib and Abdul Majib, the effects of Taliban control in many of the country's districts are already being acutely felt. Taliban is closing and closing and closing if it is not day by day, monthly, um, to the, and controlling more places. For example, I have seen a report, they just captured or uh, got the control of 19 districts last month in May. Uh, so if, if, it, if it is uh, going on like this, then I think the lots of achievements would be destroyed and will be going into the wind, but one of the main thing that is a success story is media and freedom of expression, which Taliban indeed is against. It is very vulnerable comparing with other things like schools, like universities, even like telecommunication system and infrastructures. They are against media, they are against uh, journalists, I'm sure where their Taliban is getting the control, the, the journalist either hidden yourself at home if you are not having the opportunity to escape or escape from the places. So the main concern is that if Taliban is coming, what would be the discipline of the freedom of expression and those who are working with I, I asked in Dubai in, in one of the uh, women meeting, I asked from one American general that, do you feel you succeed in Afghanistan or you failed here? But for me as a woman journalist, they really failed in Afghanistan. Their strategy was not work. Kabul, uh, although, for example, places like South uh, that we have more incidents, uh, but the stories are less. It means that uh, limitation and pressure is more on that area where we have more uh, kind of seemingly Taliban controls. Mm -hmm. It is not only in South or in West and East, but some places in central area like Ghazni, uh, some places in, in uh, central area like Parwan or Gorban, the district of Parwan just nearby Kabul, north of Kabul. So I think as much as we are going far from the center, that much we are, uh, we are uh, more limited regarding the freedom of expression. 
uh, not only with the central, uh, with the capital city of Kabul, it is the same with the central cities of the other provinces like Balkh in Mazar Sharif, like Herat in Herat, like Kandahar in, in the Kandahar city itself. You can report at least somehow from Kandahar city, but it is not possible to report from Daumun, one of the district. Or you can report from Balkh, from Mazar Sharif, that's the capital city, the central city, or the provincial capital. But it is not possible to report from Chimtal where it is uh, 20 or plus 20 kilo mile from the city, out of the side of the city. So the, the, the capital of the country is uh, likely to be uh, experiencing freedom of expression somehow free. But in a rural area, I think it is, nowadays it is hot. Actually, a few few months back, uh, we had experience when the threats in the Helmand province increased. The Journalist Safety Committee bring all Helmand journalists to Kabul because their life was in danger and two uh, journalists was killed there. Because of that, others received threats and the Afghan safety journalist organization bring all the journalists to Kabul. Then we had uh, no reporting place in Afghanistan, a dark place. When journalist is not here, they can do anything to part of the war, government and Taliban can do anything, any crime, anything, and no one is there to, to report this. Nevertheless, as the withdrawal date approaches, Najiba and Abdul Majib retain a cautious optimism that a more open society, once discovered, may be more resilient than pessimists assume, provided that a military withdrawal is not an abandonment of the country. Uh, I think, first of all, we, we need a kind of guarantees uh, that the international community could get for Afghan public. Uh, because uh, uh, a guarantee that uh, Taliban will respect any achievement regarding human rights, infrastructures, including women's rights, yeah. and so on and so forth. A kind of commitment that uh, if they are not accountable for that commitment, there would be a power to force them to be accountable. We have uh, some strategy for different situation. If A happen, we do this. If B happen, we do that. If C, we do that. For all of these, we have our discussion internally and we have something written. But uh, I think I myself, I think A, B, C will not happen. Something else will happen, which is we are not prepared for that. Because I know the nature of Afghanistan. Maybe it go very smooth with a little bit difficulties and for few months or for one or two years, the, the issues will solve and we will come back to this stage. No? Maybe we have to leave Afghanistan for a while and we are prepared for all of them to, to operate from outside. 
this generation grow up. We have to, if we have a 20 years old man, he, from the beginning of his time, he had at the home TV and radio. In this radio and TV, talking about different issues, about corruption, about a lot of complaints, many things. They grow with this situation and nobody can stop it for a long time. Maybe for a, a, for a two, three months at least, they can stop everything. But after something happened, which they are not expected, because uh, nobody can keep up a, a dish with a lot of power on the, on the fire. It will explode someday. And that's why I'm very hopeful for our future, because I never expect that that I did and my friends did in Afghanistan and my colleagues did in Afghanistan, it be free and we all put all these things to the water. We, we paid for that. We paid energy. We paid our life. I paid my, my youngest time the best years of my life. And I don't want all these things to, to waste. This episode of Media at Risk was recorded and edited by Richard Stepart. Barbie Zelizer is the director of the Center for Media at Risk. Learn more at www.ascmediarisk.org.